Fitness for the Fairways podcast, helping you make your body the best club in your bag. Joe interviews the best strength coaches, physical therapists, and golf professionals to help you take your golf performance to the next level. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness for the Fairways podcast. I am your host, Joe Gambino. I am a physical therapist and strength and conditioning coach in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. And if you want to learn more from me, you want to connect with me, you can always do so on social media. Instagram is where I am most active at Joe Gambino DPT and at Par4 Performance. We also have the Facebook group. You could jump on in there and get into the conversation. Search for the Fitness for the Fairways Facebook group inside the Facebook group section. Uh, simple search there, Fitness for the Fairways, we will pop up. Or you can head to www.facebook.com backslash groups backslash Fitness for the Fairways. And that will take you there as well. The goal um, that I am hoping to reach by end of year is 75 reviews. So please drop uh, the podcast review wherever you listen to podcasts and hopefully I can hit that number. It uh, continues to grow the show um, and allows my voice to uh, to get to more ears and allows me to continue what I'm doing. So those reviews are, are super important. So if you guys can um, help out on the quest to get the 75 reviews, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. As far as the golf game is concerned, it's it's functional. The game is functional. I shot a 104 last round I played. I am going to be playing another round today. So it will be the first time in a long, long time that I've played two rounds in one week. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and contacts are the, the kind of killer part. The the driver just wasn't there for me this past round. But the short game seems to be holding somewhat steady. And I think it's the reason why I've been able to, you know, get the scores down. And even after some really poor drives, my secondary shots have been able to kind of recover kind of nice. It would be lovely to start to um, see the pars start to tick up, um, but the bogeys and the double bogeys, the their numbers are going up and the really big numbers are going down. So all in all, if I can just keep eliminating huge numbers finishing this season, I think I'm going to be in a really good place where if I'm getting some lessons plus the off-season fitness programming, hopefully that starts to help me um, all tick up as far as further distance and getting a little bit more consistent on the golf course, I think that I'll be finishing the season in a really good place as compared to my goals from last season. And I should be able to crush all my goals or be in a good place to really start to tackle those goals going into next season. But enough about the golf game. Let's jump into the meat and potatoes of this week's episode. And and today talking about lower back pain since it's the number one injury in golf. And outside of golf, Here's a staggering statistic I found in a research article. Low back pain is the primary cause of functional limitation in people under 45 years old. Under 45 years old. I mean, that's a relatively young age to be dealing with back pain that really affects someone's function, right? Causing you to miss work, not being able to play golf, you know, uh, leading to a host of issues for that person. You know, and lower back pain is also the number one reason why golfers have to stop playing golf. There's, you know, something based on the way that we live as human beings currently 
that is driving us to have lower back pain. I think that's the should be the expectation, right? When you when you end up having an injury, I don't think it should be such a, a shock to people like, oh my god, I'm injured. You know, I shouldn't be injured. I think the expectation and and I think expectations are really important when it comes to injury because you know when we look at numbers like this where 80% of the population will experience lower back pain at some point in their life. It is the number one cause of functional limitations in people under 45 years old. And it's the number one injury that golfers tend to face. You know, with high prevalence of this type of injury, the expectation should be that at some point you're going to have lower back pain and it's going to suck, but it's the way that you respond to it, it's the way that you treated your body before that injury that really dictates how long of an injury um, is going to be, you know, will your recovery be faster or longer. It will determine, you know, how severe the pain is, you know, if you're somebody who ends up having pain for months at a time or years at a time, that's abnormal, right? That's not what any of these researchers are saying. A lot of these things, when we're looking at the research, it will say that, you know, most of this lower back pain should go away within four weeks, even if you didn't do anything to remedy the situation, which I don't think is the best um, case scenario or the best strategy of going about it. I do think that you should be finding the healthcare provider, physical therapist or something like that to, to help you figure out why it happened and, and how to and get guidance in the recovery process. But, you know, pain should be going away when it comes on. And if it's lingering around and we're developing these chronic levels of pain, those are the things that we really 100% want to avoid. And that's where strategies like making sure we have enough hip rotation and spinal segmentation and all these other things um, that that you know help us build the resilient spine those are the things that are, go- are really the most important um, because we can't prevent injury right we can only help um, you know give you the capacity to get injured less and when the injuries do pop up right that your body's more resilient where it can come back from those injuries faster leaving you, you know, not having to miss, you know, an important golf, you know, traveling for golf or whatever it is that you like to do um, because nobody likes to be bound by injury and not able to do whatever it is that they want to do. So diving into this research article that I recently read that I found pretty interesting and it's a pretty much an analysis of the body of research out there and they were looking specifically for articles, research articles that are currently out there that are correlating or looking into hip mobility and incidences of lower back pain. And what they found within their analysis is that hip mobility, especially rotation um, limitations, have been suggested to be an important characteristic um, in those with lower back pain. And limited hip rotation has been well documented in a number of different research articles and a number of different categories of lower back pain patients. One of the reasons they think that limited hip rotation can cause lower back pain is that when we have reduced mobility for internal external rotation, our hips are not able to rotate. What ends up happening is, is that we get more 
lumbar and pelvis rotation to make up for it. And this can cause micro trauma and repetitive stress over time that leads to lower back pain. So, and there is evidence out there that shows that increasing hip rotation mobility is associated with improving functional performance and relieving pain in those who have lower back pain. So the research is pretty clear. It's, it's, there's many articles out there that are showing there's a correlation. Now, we have to be careful. We're talking about correlations. We're saying that, hey, when you, we have limited hip rotation, it correlates with those who have lower back pain, but we cannot say that hip rotation limitations equals lower back pain because there's plenty of people in the world who have plenty of you know rotational limitations but they do not have lower back pain so if it was if lower if hip mobility equaled lower back pain it would be a hundred percent of the time what we're talking about is it's because of the correlation, we can safely assume that it is a contributor to lower back pain. It's not the only thing that's going to cause it. And we cannot just take this in a vacuum and say, boom, we have it, lower back, uh, lower back pain because of the hip mobility issue. But what we can say is that, all right, hey, if you have hip restrictions, there's a chance that you're at a higher risk for lower back pain, that playing golf as a, as a rotational sport that puts a lot of strain on the back, you not being able to rotate into those hips is going to cause your lower back to work harder. And it's feasible to see that over time, there is a pathway for us to have lower back pain. So when we have correlations like this that seem pretty strong, we can start to at least put into effect, okay, let's make sure our hips are rotating and moving well and that they're doing what they need to do so that we can reduce our risk of injury because there's, you know, our hips are supposed to move for a reason. And when we start to lose mobility and, you know, the aches and pains and the chronic tightness starts to build up, you know, the you know, we believe it's because, you know, other things have to pick up the slack and, it, and it's taking more load and force than it normally is. And this leads to micro trauma and damage or injury over time. Another article that was looking at golfers found the same thing, internal rotation limitations. Um, if you have an asymmetry or especially lead leg internal rotation issues, it is, um, showing a pretty high correlation with athletes that have lower back pain. So the review of literature relating to hip internal rotation specifically is revealing a strong link with lower back pain. Um, hip external rotation, the research that is out there, is not as strong, but what they have what is a stronger correlation is those who have what we call Faber range of motion, flexion, abduction, and external rotation. The combination of those three motions, when limited, uh, is correlated with lower back pain. In you know, non-athletes, golfers, it doesn't matter. It, it, there's a strong link there between flexion, abduction, external range of motion, all that, those things combine, not in isolation. So if you were to bring your knee up to your chest and then try to externally rotate your hip, when we're looking at Faber um, mobility limitations and hip internal rotation limitations, those are two highly correlated, um, showing a pretty strong link with lower back pain. So those are the things that we're going to want to make sure that we're clearing up. So now what the hell does all this mean? Poor hip mobility in general correlated with lower back pain. If we look at the anatomy, 
the hips go into the pelvis, the pelvis and the spine, that lower back, the sacrum going into the pelvis. That is a pretty tight knit unit. When we're missing a mobility around that region, it's going. you're going to have to get the movement somewhere else. We kind of talked about this already, right? So this is where we can see these overuse or repetitive strain injuries happen. And when we have hip mobility issues with poor awareness of the spine, poor segmentation of the spine, poor breathing patterns, which so many people are dealing with all of these things. We don't move our spines that much. We sit at a, we sit at a desk. We sit in a car. We sit while we're watching TV. We sit when we go out to eat and drink. There's just so much not moving that's happening in our lives um, that we lose range of motion in a lot of different places. And when all these things pop up, there's really no question to why lower back pain is of high prevalence in today's society. So, you know, everyone gets diagnosed with weak glutes, weak core, and, you know, everybody's trying to tell you, oh, do more glute bridges or do more core exercise, and all of a sudden your lower back pain is going to go away. That's not true at all. Uh, weak glutes and a weak core is the response to all of the underlying shit that's really happening. If, you know, this is why I think that people who tell their clients, their patients, that all they have to do is engage their glutes more to, to not have pain anymore is absolute bullshit. If you lack hip rotation and you have a shitty joint, you're not going to be able to engage your glutes because you don't have a joint and you don't have a, the nervous system's not going to be able to produce a good, you know, motor output so that you can really engage or utilize a muscle. And this is why then you have pain or decreased performance, um, things like that. So the real strategy is, yeah, you can continue to do exercises that are going to help you in, you know, quote unquote, engage these muscles better. But if you're not, uh, you know, fixing the underlying issues of hip mobility, the glutes are always going to seem weak when you're trying to test them. The same thing goes with the core. If you have poor spinal segmentation, poor breathing patterns, you can't create intra-abdominal pressure, you're not going to be able to, quote unquote, activate your core because you're missing the fundamental properties that a body should be able to do. So then because then we blame the core for these issues. So if we can teach you the beginning steps, spinal segmentation, breathing patterns, creating tension through your trunk, creating hip mobility, when we put all these things together, now all of a sudden when we try to do our glute bridge exercises or lower body strengthening or core strengthening exercises, we get a lot more out of them. The athleticism starts to develop again. Club head speed starts to increase. All of these qualities that we're trying to improve start to get better while your aches and pains start to decrease. So the answer to lower back pain is not more core work. It's not more glute exercises. It's to correct the underlying issues we just talked about. Improve your hip rotation, spinal segmentation, breathing patterns. Again, you know, um, putting this out there over and over again because these are the things that really need to improve so that your strength training exercises are more effective. Once that is the case, performance tends to get better, injury, you become more resilient, less likely to get injured. And I know it's a lot. Um, you may not know exactly what to do, but you know, my solution is 
the Ultimate Hip Program that I've created. It's a six-week program that will help you improve your hip mobility so that you can improve your lower back health and golf performance. And it includes a daily routine and a mobility, uh, mobility program that you perform three days per week. You don't need any equipment um, to do it. You can do it from the comfort of your own home. Head to www.joegambinodpt.com backslash ultimate hip one to sign up today. Use the code FFTF to get 10% off as a listener to this podcast. And everything will be in the show notes as well for you. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you guys inside that membership. And if you guys have any questions at all, please feel free to email me support at par4performance.com. I'm more than happy to field all of your questions. I hope. This episode was able to shed some light onto, you know, why the hips can affect lower back pain. And, you know, hopefully we'll give you a plan of attack to make sure that you don't, you know, you're able to continue to build a resilient spine and not have lower back pain uh, be something that kind of really hinders you um, from enjoying the game of golf. So again, questions, comments, concerns, let me know, support at par4performance.com. I appreciate you guys listening in. And once again, um, the goal um, between now and the end of the year is to get to 75 podcast reviews. So if you guys can help me get there, I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. Have a great day.